Welcome to the Family Man Tactical Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. We're coming to you every week to discuss topics for family protectors. We're about creating community for tactical dads and moms, doing the work to become better protectors and providers, and being force multipliers for good. So come on in, sit back, relax, and let's have some fun. We're back at it. It's been about two weeks um, since I launched a podcast, and I've been super, super busy um, working in, well, essentially all over the U.S. Um, from from my bat cave, uh, where I do work as a consultant, and unrelated to to Family Man Tactical, um, for my day job, and it's just been off the hook busy. So um, that's been fun. And, you know, with the recent events of uh, Ukraine and Russia, I just thought, you know what, there's a lot of awesome nuggets of wisdom here that we can kind of look at as family protectors and do a takeaway. Um, I wouldn't call it a lessons learned because, you know, this um, the situation has not completely unfolded. All right. So. Um, Let's see. I got so many good thoughts running through my head right now. I'll be honest with you. This is my second take on this podcast because I got about 30 minutes in and it was just too rambly. If that's a word, rambly. I rambled too much. Um, So, yeah, I scrapped it and said, let's do her again. Um, So I will try to be more concise and and more clear um, with my thoughts on this take. And honestly, that's something that <laughs> if if there was a non-tactical skill, just a, a life skill that I think is overlooked is the ability to be clear and concise. Um, that's something in, in my day job is so necessary and people butcher it all the time. People get into these virtual meetings all over the country and, and they can't say hello in more than, you know, in less than 15 words. So it's something I'm trying to work on as just a person that likes to write and communicate via podcast and um, have some dialogue of ideas um, back and forth with the audience. So, okay. So Russia and Ukraine, that whole thing's going on. Um, February 24th, 2022, you know, waking up to depending on how late you stayed up last night and how early you got up this morning, you know, um, Russia is attacking uh, key installations in Kiev. Um, and, you know, it looked like, oh, hey, they're sent, you know, uh, last week and or earlier in the week, they're just sending in peacekeepers into Donbass uh, region in Ukraine. And, and we knew that, like, okay, those aren't real peacekeepers. They're just staging troops even closer uh, to Kiev. Um, and obviously they've they've come in through um, Crimea, uh, which they annexed in 2014 and yada, yada, yada. Okay, I'll be upfront with you. I'm going to try and stay away from military analyst, uh, foreign policy, diplomatic analyst um, type talk. I will try to stick because one, I'm not any of those things. So I want to try and stay in my lane and not 
make myself sound like somebody I'm not. I'm just a family dude that likes training with my AR. I'm into uh, preparedness, and I've had some good training. Full stop, end of story. That's where that's where my prowess, <laughs> the end of my prowess, right? Um, I have taken... Um, for several years, uh, I, I've took taken some good um, intelligence courses and stuff like that, and we touched on a lot of um, de facto and de jure uh, forces, you know, uh, authority and and stuff like that. And it, and so it's interesting when you look at um, foreign conflict and stuff, and you've had a little bit of training um, in intelligence things, and you've touched on some foreign um, policy and, and looked at historical events that have happened as, um, kind of an underline for the things that you're learning. You start to look at it through that lens, but I have to remember I'm not a subject matter expert, um, on that stuff. So I'll try to stay away from that because again, I don't, I want to maintain integrity through this podcast and brand. And when I do bring on a subject matter expert that, you know, had experience as an intelligence analyst, um, I'm giving them the runway to uh, present themselves as such. I will hit on some things and say, hey, this is what I know about this or logic tells me. But I just wanted to put that up front. Um, again, integrity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep this brand uh, completely transparent um, and full of integrity. Um, because honestly, it's that's... You know, there's a million brands out there and a lot of them are purporting themselves or let people draw the conclusions that they're more than what they are. And um, we don't need another brand that does that, essentially. Um, so I'm looking at this from uh, the family protector's point of view, this whole Russia-Ukrainian thing. What does it mean to me? You know, I know that, you know, on the surface it means that... Um, you know, there could be shortages, um, more inflation, because anything that we're doing, the government has to, like, sending troops um, to places that they didn't plan on uh, sending them, you know, that costs money. And, and how does the government get more money? Well, they either increase uh, taxes or they uh, print more money. And when they print more money, um, that causes inflation, all that kind of stuff. Um how far down the rabbit hole this whole thing is going, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know. I know that they're trying the whole sanctioning thing going on right now. And and I think Russia kind of um, anticipated everything that the U.S. was saying they were going to do. Um, and I think they're prepared to make those sacrifices. That's my guess. But again, I it's just a guess. So, okay. There's three main takeaways, and I'll put them up front for you. I think I didn't do that when I did my first take here, um, and it caused me to ramble a little bit. So there's three main takeaways on this whole Russia-Ukrainian thing, and I'll break them out. Uh, the first one is weak leadership or weak activity invites problems. The second one is armed citizens are useful. And there's been a lot of talk on, you know, from different types of people in the U.S. as to, like, why why someone needs an AR-15. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. And then key takeaways for preparedness. 
we're getting all these like little reminders about how important preparedness is. But again, folks in the U.S. have lived generally, you know, even even the lower class uh, socioeconomic ladder folks um, enjoy a better standard of living in some cases than people that are middle class, considered middle class in their country around the world. It's just a fact. So um, what are the preparedness uh, takeaways that we can take for, um, you know, we get these little reminders and, and we live a cushy life for the most part uh, compared to the rest of the world. What what is the what are these conflicts telling us? Um, they're knocking on the door, telling us that we need to a gentle reminder that we need to do certain things. So we'll we'll talk about that for a bit. Um, so yeah, those three things. So let's jump into weak leadership. I'm not going to even unpack um, Biden and Harris um, and their administration. They're just um, they're they they bang the the drum on issues um, and agendas that are hurtful to the U.S. Um, in the long term and the short term. Um, and then they get up in front of the world stage and embarrass us um, with their weak leadership. It's just the worst of both worlds, really. And it's no surprise to me that, you know, Putin saw this coming and, and was like, you know what, um, you know, we've got We've got Trump out and, um, you know, the U.S. has acted uh, like uh, the world's police force for a long time. And I get why um, we've instead of fighting on our doorstep, we've gone out into the world. Now, some of it's look, I understand uh, endless war is a bad thing, um, but I also appreciate that um, our country has gone out and rooted out um bad actors in their neighborhood instead of our own neighborhood. There's something to be said for that. Um, and I'm thankful for our military strength. Um, but when you have weak leaders uh, that are more con concerned about um, pronouns um, than, you know, preparing for the next war, um, that invites trouble. And, and so I think that's what we're seeing here. Um, and I think it's a good reminder for us family protectors on the micro level. Like one, be in good fitness. You know, that's something that I am on myself about. Um, I'm just, I'm so darn busy. I find it hard to uh, be consistent with my exercise. And while my physique is okay, you know, I could have big cannonball shoulders and, 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 stronger arms and all that kind of stuff. And I could look a little bit more menacing and you might laugh and say, yeah, well, that's not the most important thing. Um, you know, you want to, you want to just be dangerous. You don't have to look dangerous. I disagree. I think that, um, when you carry yourself a certain way and you look intimidating and you were in the best physical shape you can be in, um, folks say, well, I will go after, you know, a criminal would say, I'm, I'm going to start trouble or try to rob or do whatever nefarious thing they're going to do to someone that has less of a chance of. So there's, there's that. And then there's also, how can, you know, let's say you're not in the best physical shape, um, possible. You can still carry yourself. 
um, in a way that is more assertive, you know. You stand up straight, you look people in the eye without challenging them, you know. Um, and don't be afraid to speak to people, right? And that, that, that assertive behavior has a quality all of its own, even if um, you're not a muscle-bound dude or dudette. Um, but all that stuff kind of works together. Um, I would also say weak behavior in, you know, letting folks bully and, um, force you into doing things that you don't want to do, um, that you are not necessarily like, oh, well, I don't feel like going to work today. I'm not talking about that, but I'm saying like, you know, I don't want to go here and I'm, I'm being pressured, um, to do something like that's just like uh, exercising, you know, you exercise a muscle. Um, when we allow ourselves to be pressured into doing things that, uh, we don't want to do. Um, and there's, there's no, you know, benefit to our family or, or to ourselves, um, or to the person that's trying to pressure us to do something we, we don't want to do, you know, that's exercising, um, a bad behavior and, and is weakness. Um, so, you know, when it's, it, that's a whole can of worms there, but I'm just saying like, you know, um, we got to exercise strength in our lives because that, I, I don't want to say aura, but, um, those nonverbals, um, are projected out. I don't believe in vibes like, oh, hey, there's these energy vibes that I'm getting from a bad person. You know, they they proved in the 70s that when when folks and I think I've said this on this podcast before, but uh, when people say, oh, you know, they gave me a bad vibe, dude. Um, the reality is what their what their brain is doing is picking up on their nonverbals not matching the way that this person is trying to present themselves with their words or their actions. And it's, it's really interesting. So, um, I think that works in the, I know it works in the same way where if you are an assertive person, not a jerk an assertive person, you know, you can be a gentleman, um, and be an assertive person who will kick the butts of anybody that try to lay a hand on their family. Um, you know, something to be said for that. So that's a takeaway. I think what we're seeing there is with this Ukrainian Russian thing is weak sauce leadership. Um, and Putin knows that, you know, between, uh, the UN and what's currently, uh, backing the UN has always been is the U S um, there's weak sauce there and he can go do what he wants. It's just how it is. Um, so there's that. Uh, that's a good takeaway um, or reminder for me on from a macro level down to a micro. And that's what we're talking about here. What can we take on the micro level and bring it down to the macro? Because literally none of us have an influence unless somebody in, in a seat of power in Washington right now or the Pentagon is listening to this podcast. None of this audience has an influence on what's going on. All we can do is um, take away key bits of information and reminders, right? So I said the second thing we were going to look at was armed citizens. In the last week, two weeks, um, I can't remember exactly when it started, there was um, the Ukrainian government was broadcasting that, oh, hey, we're training our citizens. 
with wooden AKs and they showed grandma's training and all that kind of stuff. Not that they would ever be effective in war, but the idea is they were trying to broadcast, oh, hey, behind every corner, behind every door, you're going to be fighting, um, you know, anybody from, you know, 75-year-old Grandpa Joe to, you know, um, you know, 16-year-old Bobby and Grandma, uh, you know, wearing her little kerchief, um, she's going to be jumping out of a closet with an AK as well. Um, there's a couple things, though, I recognize about that. One is you can't fake that. So take the United States for an, for an example. Like we have a legitimate gun culture here where everyone from, you know, those that are into responsible gun ownership from a young age all the way through um, an older age are at the very least into hunting, shooting sports, and a growing, growing number of people are into tactical training um, and learning to very proficiently use their firearm in self-defense. Um, so there's there's that. And I think that's so cool. But you look at the Ukrainian thing, and I, I think that what they were trying to broadcast to Russia um, just kind of went over like a fart in a funeral. It's just like, <laughs> whatever, you know. Um, it, this, this has no... It has no weight uh, because I think they were faking it, you know, and and that's why the difference between the United States and the culture we have and why it's so important for us to protect our Second Amendment rights, why we should not cede one inch of ground to these bureaucrats that would try and take away our rights is because, quite honestly, many of them, anybody that that is is proposing that we take away um, the rights of the citizens uh, for safety and, and all, for any reason, really. Um, you have to wonder, what is their motive? Um, because time and time again, history has proven that um, the, the invasion of troops into the U.S. by a foreign uh, adversary would not be a good idea. Even if all the world's militaries attack the United States, uh, the one thing they wouldn't want to do is is go in with troops. Just because of who our citizens are. Not that they're Delta operators or anything like that, but there's so many gun owners. Um, the whole blade of grass thing. There's a gun owner behind every uh, blade of grass, and they don't have to be efficient because, or I shouldn't say that, they, they don't have to be proficient um, because quantity has a quality all of its own kind of thing. Now, before I go any further, that is not me saying we shouldn't go out and train with our AR-15s because we can become even more, um, more of a, a force to be reckoned with, um, and, and be, you know, really what our founding fathers intended us to be and live in a very safe and, um, strong environment. Um, and that's so cool, right? America. Um, but again, yeah, just going back to the Ukrainian thing, it, it underlines, you cannot fake this. You need responsible gun ownership. And who knows where our responsible gun ownership and training and all that, that stuff will come into play 20, 30, 40 years down the road. 
you know, what we're doing today um, and bringing up the generations into responsible firearm ownership and stuff like that, that will that will continue to be a deterrent for bad actors ever trying to set foot um, in a conventional way on our, our, our soil. So, um, yeah, I take that away from the Russian-Ukrainian uh, conflict there, how important that is. Um, I would... I would just remind anybody who's um, the, the typical, you know, you've got two types of people that are in the quote unquote gun community that try to eat their own. And it's the FUD. Um, you know, I'm sure you've probably heard of those that the, um, a lot of times the, the, the boomer generation um, types that, that, you know, view firearm ownership as well. I'm good with my, my wingmaster shotgun and, and, um, you know, you don't need an AR-15 and you don't need an AK-47 and, you know, you're just a poser. Um, yeah, I, I know that those folks are dwindling, um, as a community and that's good because, um, hunting is good. Um, but it's not the reason we have a second amendment. Um, and, and so I'd be happy if all FUDs were uh, converted to um, the the way of life of saying, hey, in, enjoy all your shooting sports, but understand running an AK-47, running a, an, M, uh, an M4, M4 jury, I should say, uh, semi-auto AR, those are all very important things. And, and you shouldn't disparage uh, folks from going out and learning um tactical things and self-defense. So there's that. Uh, there's also the, the, uh, quote unquote bro vet. I'm, I'm less familiar with these types, but I have seen them on social where, you know, they disparage, uh, citizens actually going out and training with their firearms and, uh, in kit and they call them LARPers and, um, you know, they, they're just calling them posers. But the reality is, um, preparedness is a real thing. Um, you know, is if, God forbid there was ever a collapse in the, the U.S., the economy collapsed. Uh, second, third, and fourth order effects of this. It doesn't take a genius to figure out you become your own security real quick. And and you would probably want to be the best at doing security work that you can be. So, um, you know, our, our military's job in peacetime is to prepare for the next war, right? Um, and that goes back to that whole thing of a show of force, right? If we have a very strong military, um, it could prevent a war from happening, ever happening. So the whole statement of prepare for war um, so that you can live in peace, I know I'm per uh, paraphrasing that. The same thing goes with citizens there. All they're doing is preparing for war or preparing for self-defense and security work. So God forbid they, they don't ever have to use it on a large scale and on a small scale because they carry themselves as a confident uh, protector. And and so on a large scale, um, we have an armed citizenry in the United States that says, whoa, yeah, we don't want to mess with those guys. Um, let's let's wait 30 or 40 years to see if, if they atrophy. Um, and we keep them at bay. Uh, and on the micro level, um, we train and be good protectors and we carry ourselves in a not cocky way, but a confident way so that, you know, the bad guy says, no, nah, I'll pick an easier target. And so we keep those people at bay as well. So the FUDs and 
Um, <laughs> again, I, I don't know a lot about this term brovet, but I've just seen it uh, where they disparage, um, you know, uh, the citizenry from, from um, you know, having tactical uh, skill sets and, and learning. And just it's it's a non-starter. And I laugh at them. Um, I will say this. I'm not going to leave it on a negative note. I will leave it on a positive note. Again, I think uh, more and more FUDs are being converted. Um, and that population is kind of dwindling um, because, yeah, it just it makes sense. Like you, you either you either support what the founding fathers intended um, and that's being communicated and articulated. Um, I think the gun community is doing a really good job of that. Um, so that's why more and more people that maybe had those views are being converted um, and, and living outside of the, well, the Second Amendment's about hunting. No, it's not. No, it's not. Hunting is a sport. We don't need to hunt. I mean, eh, I could get some backlash for saying that. <laughs> hunting is a, a very important part of con conservation, but hunting could not support the population of the United States Um Farms do. Okay, that's farmers support our, our food. No farms, no trucking industry, we all starve. Okay, we're not going to, if there was a collapse and people say, well, my, my, you know, just a side note here. If somebody said, hey, my preparedness plan is to go out and hunt and forage. Okay, all the animals are going to be eaten and uh, the foraging is going to be done um, and dried out in a, in a very short period of time, um, save for maybe like the most remote portions of um, the U.S. That's just how it is. And and so, you know, our farms and our, our logistics are what feed people. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> uh, the Second Amendment is not about hunting. Um, we do need hunting for conservation and for the enjoyment of our God-given rights. Um, but yeah, the Second Amendment has nothing to do with that. And, and so those people need to be told that, and they need to be pointed to situations like this where um, we can actually show and articulate how faking an armed citizenry does not work and how, how having a gun culture, responsible firearm ownership, and tactical proficiency does protect a nation um, as it backs up its military. You know, So there's that. Love to hear your thoughts on that, whether you agree or disagree. Um, and the last one is preparedness. Okay, so you knew I was going to hit this. I mean, we're family man tactical and preparedness, right? Um, so... The short-term effects of this on a macro level is definitely inflation and shortages could happen. To what degree? I don't know. I do know this. Um, you know, when the government goes and does anything, provides aid, um, moves troops, um, you know, that all trickles down to a budget. And... You know, I know the government thing is, well, they were going to spend those dollars in the budget anyway, because if you don't, then you don't get those dollars next year and they want to give you less, yada, yada, yada. But anytime you spend over the budget because you have a crisis on your hand, how does the government pay for that? Well, they either have to increase taxes or they have to 
print more money to pay for that. When you print more money um, and you don't have um, an increase in GDP backing that up, well, that's called, you know, that leads to inflation. Um, that devalues your dollars. It, it helps you in the short term pay for goods and services, but in the, in the long term, it, it causes uh, the relative prices of everything to um, increase. Um, and, and usually at a rate uh, that is undesirable for John and Jane Q public. So um, we have that to look forward to. And again, I think this goes back to weak leadership. Uh, strong leadership um, and administration would have said, hey, these are second, third, and fourth order effects of not handling this correctly if we get into even a standoff where we have to go move troops around and lend, lend uh aid and send um, send all sorts of military assets to the Ukraine and yada, 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 right? So uh, these are all tied together. And now we get to look forward to um, some, some inflation. So we get to get poorer because of weak leadership and we could run into some shortages uh, because of weak leadership. So preparedness is always key, um, you know, uh, hedging our bets against inflation. Um, and there's ways to do that. This podcast is not focused on that. Um, this episode is not focused on that. I just want to put that out there. It's like, hey, these are ripple effects of this is why I promote um, holistic or uh, comprehensive preparedness. It's not just about bullets and beans. It's also about protecting the dollars you do have. You know, if there's a way to hedge your bet against inflation with your dollars, whether that's in, um, you know, a diversified portfolio, whether it's uh, in some in precious metals, uh, some in goods, uh, some in uh, offshore uh, stocks um, and bonds. I mean, those are all important things. Um, I'm learning more about cryptocurrency, you know, and just, you know, what can you do to hedge your bet against uh, weak leadership that causes inflation? Um, the other thing is long-term preparedness. So we can be sure that however this is handled, um, other countries are going to be emboldened to go and do the same thing that Russia's doing. And they go, oh, wow, Russia just got away with it. Well, who else is after countries uh, and they want to annex little uh, little countries and, and stuff like that? Well, China would like to get a hold of Taiwan. You know that's next. And, uh, you know, Iran has got this uh, this craziness going on. Um, they're just waiting to get get a hold of a nuke, right? So you've got this whole thing, um, this whole soup that's being made uh, that could cause some problems. So um, emboldened bad guys would lead us to, okay, be prepared for what can you do about that? Um, okay, that's the macro situation. What can we do on a micro? Well, we can get serious about our level of preparedness. That's it. We can get serious about it. Prepare not for the end of the world. Um you know, but prepare for a destabilized or um, remember the whole no toilet paper uh, shortage uh, with Corona, which was completely stupid, but hilarious uh, that people were so worried about wiping their bums um, that they didn't think about, OK, well, um, yeah, <laughs> I might not be able to wipe my bum, but I'm not going to have to if I don't have food to eat. Right. And and so it's just kind of funny there um, to to look at that, the people's priorities were literally bass-ackwards, 
literally. And uh, that was kind of funny. Anyway, um, but realistic long-term uh, preparedness. So there's that. Um, and then let's take a look at uh, lessons on preparedness lessons on um, the macro level. So if you look at where Russia is attacking in the Ukraine, it might kind of tell you what if somebody were to attack the United States or something that directly affected us, some sort of uh, supply chain that directly affected us. You know, it was interesting that they're they're obviously going after, um, you know, military installations and stuff like that. Um, Ukrainian military installations. So right away, they're going after the country's ability to protect itself, um, which is, you know, duh. Um, they're going after utilities and airports, so power uh, power plants um, and airports. So they're restricting travel and um, the country's ability to generate power, um, which the government needs to do anything, really. The military needs power, and, and um, they're also affecting the citizens. Um, so the citizens go without power and stuff. So they're creating a need there. Um, and I, th I think that's also important because when the Russians do, they say they're not going to occupy. I don't know about that, but, you know, I look at this and again, I'm not um, a military analyst and I don't pretend to be one, but logic says, okay, when they come in and they've taken over and they flip the lights back on, the citizenry goes, well, I'm not happy with who's in charge right now, but at least they turned the lights back on for us. Thank God. And all of a sudden, there's a cooling off period. You get used to your new stepdad and uh, there you go, right? Maybe. I don't know. I could be wrong. But either way, they're going after this stuff. So the takeaway there is if we were ever attacked, um, you know, they did the cyber warfare thing. Um, the They did the misinformation, the social engineering. Expect all that. Expect that if we were ever into a direct conflict with somebody or God forbid there was ever, you know, um, um, political, um, political warfare. Not that our country would ever be polarized and not that we would ever be pitted against other Americans, right? That didn't happen in uh, the 1860s, and that's not like it's heading that way now, right? <laughs> Um, but no, seriously, we don't we don't want conflict uh, with our brothers and sisters in the U.S. We don't. We wanna we wanna talk things out and um, fix things, and and we do that through logic and diplomacy. Um, I, I truly agree that that's that's the best step forward. But if something were ever to happen here, you can expect social engineering on a level way off the charts of what we've experienced uh, to date. Um, misinformation way off a level of um, uh, the scale of what we've experienced to date um, with with uh, different political parties um, and ideologies within the U.S. or from an adversary and cyber attacks. That's something that, you know, we know we get hackers that are attacking our, our large corporations and our government databases and stuff like that all the time. And we have a robust security system to prevent that. But can you imagine if you had cyber cyber attacks that shut down uh, grid systems and all that kind of stuff. And it's, um, it's something to consider um, in, in our level of preparedness, what we prepare for. Can we go without electricity? Do I have a backup 
system for my electricity. Um, at the very least, can I? did I go on Amazon and buy a $100 setup uh, so I can at least charge my cell phones if the cell phone towers still work? So I can at least uh, charge my, um, uh, my, my walkie-talkies so I can talk to my neighbor back and forth and we can check on each other. Little things like that. Um, you know, can I can I charge my power tool so I can at least um, you know fix shelters if if there was an outage or God forbid a natural disaster or something like that. You know, little things um, that are just key takeaways. Obviously, communication. They went after communication um, systems and stuff like that. So if we ever were in a conflict here in the in the U.S., we can be rest assured that you're going to have to use alternate communication methods. Um, stuff like that. And then economic. So without the economy, you're not going to be able to buy um, and, and sell too easily. It, you know, folks can barter, but to a point, because, you know, that's the whole reason why we have a currency is because it it creates a standard unit of measure. Um, and then, then, okay, well, we're trading goats for chickens, but that goat is um, only about half the size of the first one you traded me. So two goats is not really two goats. It's more like one and a half goats. And, and, and I can't give you one and a half chickens. I have to give you two full-size chickens. So now we have a disparity in our barter system. And that's why barter, you know, people talk about it in preparedness, like it's this, you know, this room will just go back to, to bartering. And yeah, but there's, there's inherent problems with barter. Uh, systems and and anybody that knows anything about economics will tell you that's why we have currency and that's why barter is not the not the most progressive <laughs> method of uh, economic uh, I shouldn't use the word progressive but it is not the most enlightened <laughs> version of economic trade right so uh, just to just to put that out there so yeah key lessons learned um, on preparedness. Um, or takeaways. I can't call them lessons learned because we're not out of this conflict. Um, it's just getting started. So short-term implications, long-term implications of preparedness, and then warf warfare uh, lessons learned. Uh, what what is what a Russia what Russia is attacking inside the Ukraine? What does that tell us about what we would need to live our day-to-day -day lives if somebody were to do the same? And I know. You know, take away the fact that bombs are being dropped on on them right now. Um, but the in the aftermath, assuming those things don't work, how do you take care of your family? How do you take care of your community? How do you do those things? So, all right, we're at uh, we're at about forty minutes in, and I thought this was again. I keep thinking these are going to be quick uh, podcasts, but there's so much good stuff to talk about here. There's so many nuggets of wisdom that we can at least noodle on, right? And so I want to bring them to the forefront, let you know what I'm thinking about um, and my concerns for my family. Um, what I want to focus on is being a better protector. Um, one, you know, outside of like the general preparedness and, oh, the world's ending because we're going into World War III. I, I hope not. Um, you know, we have to be thankful for the culture, the gun culture we have and, um, those that are getting interested into self-defense training. I mean, look at the women. Look at the women that have get, gotten into, um, you know, self-defense and tactical training. And, and yeah, we might have fun doing it. We might do photo shoots and all that kind of stuff, but it's part of the culture. It can't be all, 
you know, while we have to maintain gun safety all the time, it doesn't have to be serious military training all the time. It can be shooting sports and, and enjoying that, but we're doing something positive. We have to maintain that culture and we need to pass that on to the next generation. And we need to make sure that the next generation knows the importance of passing it down to the next generation, just like we do. Um, so that it will have this cascade effect, just like general uh, generational wealth. You know, your grandparents should be um, passing on their nest egg um, to their grandchildren, and you should be passing on your nest egg to your grandchildren. Um, so it's doing this leapfrog effect and snowballing. Um, you know, same kind of thing goes, I think should be going on with gun, gun culture, is um, our children should be experiencing not only grandma and grandpa um, being heavily invested in responsible firearm ownership and tactical proficiency, but also mom and dad. So now you have two generations backing up your children, um, and that really hits it home. Not only um, with our value system and where we're losing the battle in the United States as far as a culture war, but um, where we could be winning as far as uh, supporting the Second Amendment. So those are my thoughts. Those are in, in my estimation, observations, key takeaways, um, things that this uh, Russian-Ukrainian conflict is bringing up. I do pray uh, for safety for the, the Ukrainian uh, citizens. I know there's already, already a, a large refugee push into Poland. Um, I pray that the Lord uh, protect those people and that... Um, you know, through their hardships, uh, they're brought closer to him and a dependence on him. Um, he knows all this stuff's going to play out, um, how it's going to play out, when it's going to play out and stuff like that. And, and, and there's not a lot any of us can do on that, but, uh, but pray for those people. And I, I do hope, um, that, uh, the U S is able to provide, uh, some sort of aid to those refugees. And, um, because I wish that, if I were in that situation, someone would do that for me. Um, and I hope that um, our, our leadership gets a metaphorical shot of testosterone um, to nip this in the bud so that more bad actors all over the world uh, don't take this as a, as a green light to start some shenanigans um, because we can't handle all of this at, at the same time and we don't want to go into World War III. So those are my thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. Um, and if you want, we've got something for you. Um, so we worked really hard in the last couple weeks, last month, um, to put up a um, how to build your ultimate home defense AR-15. And really, it's for any AR-15 that you would want to use for self-defense. But most people are looking to use them for, for home defense and you know, crap hits the fan and stuff like that. So we put together a free uh, guide on all the considerations, checklists, um, how to budget your build, everything, um, how to choose your optic, um, what you want to have on your, your firearm, all that kind of stuff. All you have to do is go down into the show notes here and click the link to sign up for our newsletter. We'll email you uh, the download or the download link. Um, so there's that. And if, um, if you can't see it in the show notes, just go over to our website, familymantactical.com and scroll down like 
I don't know, a third of the way and you will see um, a sign up form for the free guide and you'll have it within like 15 minutes, uh, sometimes sooner. Look, if you don't get the guide and it just doesn't come over, just email me over at fm at familymantactical.com. I'll, uh, I'll add you to our newsletter and send you the guide for free. Um, I respond to my emails because that's what I do. Um, I love engaging with the audience. And uh, yeah, other than that, um, we are going to be putting out some courses in uh, preparedness and uh, tactical proficiency courses in 2022. Um, I've linked up with a good partner over at Adapter Die. Um, similar uh, mission set is Family Man Tact Tactical. Um, and this guy's background is um, uh, has a military background in the infantry and stuff. So um, I told you all I'd be bringing in some subject matter experts. Um, and I wasn't kidding. So, yeah, we're going to be putting out some coursework. Um, so that's cool. Um, and all sorts of stuff, how to better protect and prepare your family for the worst so that you can free your mind to think about good things and happy things and all that kind of stuff and enjoy the family time that you have. So, yeah. All right, so sign up for that newsletter. Seriously, I'd like to stay in touch. I don't spam people. Probably send out a monthly newsletter uh, every four weeks and let you know what's going on with us, um, what giveaways we're doing, what gear reviews we've done, and just keep pumping out good content. So listen, I appreciate you. Um, I get to see how many people are listening to this podcast. I'm blown away that folks have listened to me talk about family protector stuff as long as you have. We're going to be coming up on a year um, in about three or four months, four months. We're going to be coming up on a year of podcasts. And um, it's just cool to see this thing grow. So I want to say thank you so much. Listen, it is Thursday, February 24th. I pray that this week is coming to a peaceful end for you. Um, I pray for protection uh, for the refugees and innocent folks of uh, Ukraine. Um, I pray for our leadership, that they do what's in the best interest of the United States and the commitments that we've made abroad. Um, yeah. I will look forward to talking to you next week. I think I'm going to do a podcast on affordable night vision and thermal. Um, so look forward to that. It's been fun for me. I've got a couple products I've been reviewing and I think you'll be interested in that. So anyway, God bless you. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.